0: Last week on Ghost Hampton, when we last left our flawed hero Lyle, he begged his former friend to help him figure out the threatening message from Jewel the Ghost Girl. Your daughter Georgie will die in four days. Now Lyle must figure out how to clean up some of the mess he's created and save his daughter.
1: Fraser, Lyle's longtime partner, was and is a successful mortgage broker, real estate agent, and a wasp right out of Central Casting. In his 40s, Fraser was the brash, acid-tongued Jacob Marley to Lyle's Scrooge. During Lyle's sleepless night, he decided to fix a problem. Tired after his foray with Noah, he's in his powered wheelchair and rolls into the office reception area for the first time since his accident. Josie Phillips sits at her desk. Lyle feels a chill as their eyes meet. Josie's fit and pretty and around 40. Worked here when Lyle was a partner. Whoa! Lyle! A sight for sore eyes. I wanted to see Fraser.
2: I'm fine, thanks. And you're looking well. Thinner. George Clooney temples. And... Is that a beard?
1: Lyle knows he looks like shit warmed over and can't bring himself to respond in kind. Something's gone wrong inside him, and he needs to figure out what.
2: You're looking well, Josie. I just need to go over something. He's
1: on the phone? He's awake. Josie flips on Fraser's old school intercom and whispers. Lyle Hall to see you? Hearing Josie whisper his name gives him an unexpected twinge. Something else he'll have to examine later. Josie makes a curt nod that says, go on in. Lyle bumps Fraser's door open and rolls inside. Fraser is indeed on the phone. His inner sanctum has not changed. There's a big oil painting hanging behind his desk. A classic whaling adventure on a roiling sea. Fraser, handsome in a navy blazer and slacks, has not changed. A classic ball buster bullshitting someone.
3: No, that's right. No can do. Trust me, my way is for the best. You'll see. Gotta run. Ebenezer! You still paralyzed or something?
2: No, I just really love this chair.
3: Oh, well, you look like shit. What was it you wanted?
2: To thank you personally for your support during my
3: long, difficult recovery. Welcome. Josie, didn't we send something to Lyle in the hospital last year? The complete Get Well helium balloon collection. Two dozen including personalized unicorns. See that? And hypoallergenic as well. I still have them at home. Fraser,
2: there's something I need to do.
3: Ah, and whom are we screwing today?
2: I want to unscrew something.
3: Is that like the opposite of sex?
2: I want to take care of Dar.
3: The former Mrs. Dar Hall? Take care of in a Sopranos kind of way? We don't do that anymore.
2: I want to buy Dar's condo, Udroid, and let her have it.
3: Let her have it, huh? You are a changed man. Purchase Benita Shores, what if Dari marries? Brassy blonde, sunburned cleavage, still in her forties. Some coot down there could be getting a prescription as we speak. I need
2: to fix the way I left it last year. In an argument, I threatened to stop paying for Benita Shores and put her someplace cheaper. Inland.
3: That's so Lyle. And with the holidays coming... What kind of mortgage do you want?
1: None. Cash purchase. Fraser's brow furrows with distaste.
3: I'm a mortgage broker, and you don't want a mortgage? I'm
2: asking you as a friend to facilitate the purchase. I can't do all that stuff right now.
1: (sighs) Fraser sighs and opens his laptop. Feigning hurt feelings, he searches for whole documents and starts printing them. Lyle's eyes drift up to the wailing painting he notices for the first time that the whitecaps churning around the embattled whale are pink from the big mammal's blood. One other thing. I want to purchase Old Vic.
3: Notice how I continue on as if you are not out of your fucking mind?
1: Fraser maintains his focus on his laptop.
3: I want Old Vic, Fraser. No, you don't.
2: I do. Right away. To stop the town from demolishing it.
3: No. Yes. That property will be made into a fine playground for preschoolers. What do you have against small children? It
2: cannot come down.
3: It cannot stay up. It could collapse on its own this afternoon. You can't restore that thing, a former whorehouse. Even if you could, how are you going to staff it? (laughs)
1: Lyle bursts out laughing, something he has not done in ages. Well, I was hoping you'd know people. There's an audible snort out in reception.
3: Gentlemen, I can hear you.
1: Lyle knows what he needs to do. Fraser's right. But there is a legal path. That will be his next step. Okay, I hear you, Fraser. Let's
3: just take care of the Dar issue. I'll make all the funds available and pay maintenance, too. Now you're making some sense. But tell me, I'm doing this business for Dar the Formidable. You need to tell me why you're suddenly into saving the haunted whorehouse. You into dead prostitutes?
2: Well, there is one I'm worried about.
3: Leave my presence. Leave me now. Oh, and one other thing. I need you to call Dar. No! No, no, no! No man would ask that of his fellow man.
1: I can't do it. Health reasons. Interior reception continues. Fraser's door swings shut and Lyle is alone with Josie. She's up from her seat and leaning on the edge of her desk, her legs outstretched, ankles crossed in Lyle's path. In a fitted shift dress, Lyle notices her legs are still tan. She wears black heels and a smile. He feels comfortably trapped.
2: Not upstanding today?
1: Lyle hasn't been standing much since his car crash, but Josie means something else. If he could only think what. She steps towards him and leans down. Her necklace dangles in his face as her soft hands go for the collar of his polo shirt, flipping it upright. She smells wonderful. Lyle has a flashback. Between wives, before his accident, Josie used to smile and stand up his polo collar in a teasing way, resting her forearms on his shoulders. Nothing came of it. Oh, except for that one time. The courthouse was Lyle's regular haunt for almost 30 years. It's twilight zone now, seeing his former world, busy with people on their legal missions from a different viewpoint. Lyle chose to ride his wheelchair inside to garner sympathy and in case he got too tired on his crutch. Filing his pro bono motion was deceptively easy, a stay of demolition pursuant to a cease and desist order. The friendly court clerk recognized Lyle despite his makeover, as did someone else.
0: Lyle Hall, remember me?
1: Mose Allen, longtime court reporter for the weekly Southampton Press, was Lyle's tormentor for years. Portly, rumpled suit, his shoulders could use a dandruff brush, his eyeglasses some Windex. Seated for now, Lyle has an unusual view, looking up at Mose's chins. And there's the distaste from Mose pretending Lyle would be unable to remember people from his old profession.
0: Vaguely. My, how you've changed. Thank you.
1: Did I just hear you filing a pro
0: bono motion? You're still practicing?
1: Something. Know everything about Moe's Irks Lyle.
2: Simply a stay to preserve a local historic building. Oh. uh,
0: 180 for you, no? I'd have thought you were here fighting that wrongful death civil suit.
1: Or your disbarment. Lyle had emerged from coma only to face the Kronk family's lawyer. As if it were Lyle's fault. And there's the disbarment thing. Mose, who is too often right, just wants Lyle on the defensive now.
0: Nope. Hmm. You're alone in this. You represent no functioning preservation organization.
2: I'm merely a concerned citizen.
0: Preservation? That's never been a concern for you. You say the place is on Poplar?
2: It's likely a whaling captain's home. With some TLC, it could be restored to its historic glory. Lyle.
1: Come on, Poplar,
0: the haunted whorehouse. There never was any glory, and Old Vic was built after whaling was over.
1: Lyle feels a great animus swelling up against this man.
0: There's a difference between historic and just old. No whaling, no glory. What's left? Ah, haunting by horse.
1: Moses here to cover a pre-trial hearing. The judge in the courtroom behind him is heard banging his gavel. Is
0: that it? You want to save the place because it's haunted? Is Old Vic haunted by
2: horse? I believe there could be some kind of supernatural presence.
1: Mose is scribbling away in his pad. He glances into the courtroom. Its huge door is closed. Who you? Male or female? Female. Age? Maybe 12. Lyle can't believe he's answering questions that may make him look idiotic or worse. Mose can't believe it either. Scribbing away, he moves toward the courtroom door.
0: Female, twelve. So you saw her. You saw her face.
1: Mose. I did not say that.
2: You writing something for next week?
1: We're online now. I file every day. Watching the door to the courtroom close, Lyle recalls how very ornery Sloane, the sitting judge, can be. And he experiences that sinking feeling. Just keeping up with Mose Allen is exhausting. That little exchange with him, insignificant as he seems, could prove the riskiest yet. Lyle is seated in a leathery chair facing the local church's pastor and his imposing desk. Lyle feels jittery looking up at the many oil portraits hung on the mahogany walls of Monsignor Hannan's office. The haloed saints, he notes, are looking heavenward, The long-gone former pastors are looking down at Lyle. A ghost? I, I think. Pretty sure.
4: It's the only plausible explanation. Lyle, ghosts are not plausible. Moreover, in the Catholic faith, while there are many spirits, demons, and a hierarchy of saints and angels, all the way up to God himself, the church does not recognize ghosts, per se. None at all? To do so would suggest that God does not take care of each and every soul he creates. That would be egregious, to have lost souls wander the land of the living with no purpose. The Lord our God is not egregious, Lyle.
2: Of course, Father. I mean, Monsignor.
1: Lyle, a non-practicing Presbyterian, has known Eamon Hannon for years, since he worked out the sale of some valuable church-owned acres in Southampton. The resulting windfall turned around the parish's finances and allowed for a renovation of Our Lady of Poland's church proper and the rectory the two sit in now. Hannan, a classic old Irish priest, bushy eyebrows, head of hair so white it's yellowing around the edges, red nose, is looking forward to retirement after his stay at this historically Polish parish. He does not want his last years to be troubled by some nutty controversy but still owes it to Lyle to hear him out. It's just that
2: I distinctly heard a young girl's voice. Whispering, but imploring. I heard her repeat a simple phrase. In Italian, I think. In Italian? Yes. Something like, I, you, touchy. Help
4: us, huh? I think so. Se pazzo? Se pazzo? Sorry, Lyle. uh, Just checking if you knew any more Italian... Help us would be the classic ghostly trope from many a ghost story. A cliché, is it not? Perhaps something you dream. I was wide awake. My
2: driver, too. He heard a ghost, too? No, but I wasn't alone. There was more. Such as? You don't share a person's experiences, right?
4: No, no, I'm not on the face tube. You can tell
1: me your troubles.
2: I was shown something terrifying.
1: Hannon's brows cloud over his eyes.
2: My wife Belinda's tombstone. My daughter's name appeared below her mom's. Correct date of birth, followed by a
1: date of death. Startled, Hannon's bushy eyebrows rise. Surely it was a bad dream, Lyle. I wish. It was so very real.
2: I'm terrified that the date of death might be correct. And soon.
1: How soon? Four days away. Hannon grows visibly disturbed. He frowns down his pudgy, freckled hands. They fold into a church. His index fingers extend upward, making a steeple.
4: Loyal, uh, not everything on this earth can be explained. We have our many mysteries and far-out theories. Tell me, your daughter is...
2: Thirty. Her name's Georgie. Lives nearby? She's a South Anthem police detective.
1: Hannon frowns at his office phone, thinking, then punches a button. Uh, Marge, can you locate Friar Sherry for me?
4: Please, ask him to join us in my office.
1: He looks up at Lyle with obvious concern.
4: Lyle, I'll admit, if that's what you truly saw, even if it was a delusion, it must be very, very disturbing, especially involving your own child. There's a young priest I wanted to meet, a fine man visiting from Malta. Malta? With all the casinos? The island of Gozo, to be precise. Off the main island. It's almost a throwback to the early days of Christianity. Churches everywhere you look. A monastery that predates the Crusades. Friar Sherry, Matteo Sherry, has had some experience with the supernatural.
1: Lyle grinds his teeth and looks up at the dead priests looking down. The Monsignor takes his problems seriously enough to call in some foreign weirdo to deal with him. Han folds his hands, staring at them. What kind of experience? As a teen, Matteo was present at his mother's death.
4: Lyle winces. The circumstances were unusual. His mother died tragically trying to save young Mateo from a seizure. Heart failure. Sorry to hear that. Some say Mateo was a victim of demonic possession. Lyle's jaw
1: drops.